Hey guys, my name is Ben Jay, and this is the Creators Lounge Podcast. Here on the podcast, I talk with creators about their art, their inspiration, and their process. I hope that you, the listener, will both enjoy the conversation and also learn something from the conversation. So listen closely for tips that you can apply to your own life and your own art, because I guarantee you, today's episode is one you don't want to miss. All right, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Creators Lounge Podcast. All right, today's guest has done a lot of things and his career has been quite interesting thus far. He's got a lot more to go, so we have a lot to talk about today. My man, what is your name? Where are you from? What do you do? Uh, so my name's uh, Thiago, but uh, you uh, people know me as Sekai. I'm from Portugal. I'm a producer, a music producer. I mainly produce EDM, uh, dubstep, drum and bass, future bass, all, all the basses. <laughs> That's fantastic, man. And I'm curious, like, uh, how long have you been into music production? Like, where was the starting point for that? Ooh, so <laughs> about seven years ago, um, I kind of start I, I i found out about this uh and i'm not like i'm not a furry or anything but i found this furry producer called renard um he's now known as lap fox tracks or whatever i uh, i fell in love with that kind of stuff that he did at the time like the melodies and all that and i was like i want to do that kind of stuff so he described that he used something called a DAW and I'm like, and and he used a very old piece of uh, software. I don't remember which one it actually is now. And I was like, yeah, uh, I'm going to look up into DAWs. And uh, the first one that I found and the only one that I used till now, uh, even though I tinkered with a few others, uh, was FL Studio. So I was like, I, it took me a lot to learn and only like three years ago did I start like producing by myself, finding uh, a direction of where I wanted to go with my sound. And uh, yeah, seven years later, here I am doing doing my thing. That's awesome, man. And welcome to the FL Studio Club. I represent FL. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, there's so many different producers that use different ones, you know, but uh, I love FL and the thing that it's how it's empowered so many people to get into music production kind of start their exactly. careers that way you know i figured that fl is just like very easily available to everyone when people talk about dolls most people say oh fl sucks you should get ableton but really first off there's no better doll it's like what you adapt to is what's best for you and um fl was that for me and second it's just like a lot of people, like most people, just use FL because it's very widely available. It's out there. It markets itself very, very much. So, yeah. <laughs> That's at least my take. Dude, exactly, man. For real. Right. And I think the important thing to remember is that it's it's a tool, right? So if you're using Ableton Reason FL, no disrespect, it's a tool. However you use it is up to you. The quality of what you make is up to you. Exactly. So I want to look a little bit at your inspirations. Like you mentioned the one producer already, Lap Fox, but um, what were some other inspirations musically that kind of Lap Fox was direction? like freaking seven years ago. In fact, I never really made anything kind of like Lap Fox. I never tried to make that style. I wouldn't call him an inspiration. I just call, I call him like someone who made me kind of start getting interested into it uh inspirations though i would say melody wise i i kind of took a lot of inspiration from the beginning from uh dead mouse um big inspirations currently are people like san holo for my future based stuff flux pavilion for my like dubstep old school kind of stuff I inspire myself a lot on uh, Fox Stevenson vocally wise and and many times melody wise as well. It, he's kind of like my favorite producer at the moment. Dude, uh, <laughs> respect. I I agree with that 100%. Fox Stevenson's sort of a god of the EDM scene. <laughs> the way that He really yeah. is and he's done it he all. He has, he really has the way that he's grown his sound and he's improved. And I was talking about this previously with a friend of mine about how he just continually seems to better himself. Like every new song is better than his last one. Mm, definitely. Um, I'm also curious a little bit about like your background in music in terms of like what kind of music you grew up around, because I find that that can have an interesting influence on producers. I grew up around a lot of music, even though my 
parents aren't really musical. They listen to a lot of music. They love listening to music. And um, I uh, grew up listening to a lot of uh, slow ballads kind of stuff. I never really got too into it, although as a kid, I still enjoy them quite a bit. Um, my first real obsession with music came uh, in the form of metal, uh, like rock, heavy, heavy kind of stuff, but also melodic kind of stuff. Uh, system of a down, just generic bands like Metallica and ACDC, Bullet for my, uh, no, it's not Bullet for my Valentine, is it? I don't, I don't remember. There's a lot of bands that I really used to listen to, uh, Kill Switch, whatever. <laughs> That's crazy, man. And do you feel like they still have an influence to you, uh, on your music right now? Oh, definitely. Especially vocally speaking, I, I'm, especially like recently i've been doing a lot of guitar stuff um with my latest release for example uh, one of my latest releases and uh i really do like tinkering with those kinds of uh, assets and vocal styles it really really it, it really pushes some buttons on me that just inspire me creatively. That's, that's true, man. I think uh, metal is really interesting because uh, I hear a lot of talk about it these days. I was uh, interviewing a uh, drum and bass artist yesterday, and he talked about how his like his background in music was metal, and that kind of transferred into him playing drums, which led to him doing drum and bass. Oh, that's really cool. It is pretty cool, right? And you can kind of, even though like on the surface they're very different, at the same time, like they are both very rhythmic, and it makes sense that you could yeah. kind of transfer the energy there. So I think that's really, really pretty cool. It really is. Let's talk about uh, you going to make music. Like, how do you start making a song? So it usually depends. Um, I I I try to make my songs as catchy as I possibly can. When e even if it is like this kind of style of song that not a lot of people listen to, they are still going to get it stuck on their heads and uh, they are going to enjoy listening to it in, in some form. So usually when I have ideas for songs, I they're usually always catchy and um, I put it down just a basic melody with whatever synth i think of you usually it can be just like chords like saw waves and uh or it, or it could be my own voice there are many times where i make leads out of my own voice and it's really cool um it, there's definitely a lot of ways i can start making a song but it usually involves something that is catchy and that usually involves the drop because that that's where people are most invested in usually wow yes dude so you start from the drop most of the times i start by uh, th there's a lot of people who say there's they start with the drums and that's a fair point but most of the times i start with lead sounds um like uh either bass sounds when i do something heavy even though that's rare or I start with uh, lead sounds and I create a catchy melody. I design my leads. I, I put chords in the background, the bass line, and then I start laying out the drums. I do those last. <laughs> <laughs> How interesting. Even though drums are sort of a very vital part of the, 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 the song, especially in like electronic music. But that's cool, though. That is pretty cool. Um, the reason why I start with drums last is because, first off, I want to start with the part that really hooks people in that catchy hook that melody that um the meat of the track and then the the foundation of the track the drums even though it isn't like the catchiest part it is very essential as you said but usually it has to match and fit with all the sounds that i want to create so i feel like by doing drums last i already have the sounds laid down I know which drums are going to fit in with the sounds that I do, so I don't have to replace anything later. I just I just do them at the end so that I know whether they fit or not right, right. away. That's really cool, though, man. Would you say there's any part of the of the creation process that is difficult for you? Ooh, um, usually uh, there are times. Usually, either intros or. Um, like break the uh, intros and sometimes breakdowns they're very hard because you work I, I work too hard on the drop to make it like something very amazing 
and then I start falling a bit short on breakdowns. Usually people love those parts a lot of the songs that I do. But the problem there is that's where I get most lazy. And I'm just like, I, I just uh, have no idea what to do. My, my whole creativity was, was went towards those drops. So it's really hard for me to come up with ideas for breakdowns that kind of match the quality of a drop. Well, that and, and the, the generic answer, which is mixed down, <laughs> but yeah, mostly like ideas for breakdowns. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody has trouble with like the mixed downs for sure. Um, however, however, I noticed that you have offered in the past to do mixing for other artists. So I was curious, how did you improve like your mixing abilities? Listening to a lot of references, uh, trial and error, making songs and uh, asking friends for feedback. Usually everyone has different opinions on things. My opinion is not objectively perfect. Sometimes I might give you feedback that is very subjective. Like it's my own perception of the sound that you're creating. So maybe if you did this, it would be better. But maybe to your ears, it wouldn't, or maybe to someone else's ears, it wouldn't be as better unless it's like, hey, this is way too dirty. Clean it up a bit. Um, so mostly just kind of trial and error and listening to a lot of music from other people that you know have a better quality and uh, referencing tracks against each other will kind of tell you what should stand out more and what should be like what should be like a frequency range that usually works very well like where it's evenly balanced whether a sub's too loud or drums are standing out way too much uh, things like that uh, are usually learned with a lot of practice um, it's not something that you can learn and master in in a click <laughs> right man that's that's true or you can take this simple path and just put sound good eyes on it obviously why not ott everything right. as well all right guys music break this is sekai's collaboration with lone moon the song is called canvas enjoy And you mentioned something really interesting. Uh, you talked about how opinions can be very subjective. I was curious, um, have you ever received like negative feedback on your music? A few times. Uh, there's always going to be haters. I'm, I can't please anyone. Uh, in fact, um, on my latest track, I've received some feedback, of a few bits of feedback. A lot of people like it, but some people didn't quite hate it. It was more that hey, uh, it could be more stereo on the drop. And I do agree after listening to that for the last time, usually it just takes that little comment to know that something's a bit off. Uh, that's why feedback from other people is kind of cool. Because uh, at some point you get so tired of listening to your own song that you just go and want to do something else <laughs> or get tired of mixing. Um, 
Yeah, I got negative uh, critiques on my songs, but so does everyone. That's just natural, really. And I got used to it. Like, if someone doesn't like it, well, they can listen to something else, or they can listen to songs of mine that they actually do enjoy. You know, you can't please everyone with everything.、Mm, exactly,、release. man. Truly, and that's what I was asking because I was curious about. You know, how do you deal with it? How do you handle? You know,、uh, both the love and the hate in the music scene. It sounds to me like you just kind of take the constructive、uh, feedback and apply it, and you ignore everything else. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a very emotional person, so I really, it's hard for me to ignore everything else. Although I should, and I know I, I should, and most of the times I actually do. But sometimes there are things that you know, I make a song that is too personal, and then someone says that maybe it doesn't like it, or or you do shit music, or you know, like it's kind of hard for me to ignore that. But、um, in the end, I'm doing what I like, and other people like it anyway. So、uh, I just kind of forget about it and do take that constructive criticism, even sometimes with a pinch of salt. But yeah, that's mostly what. And, I do. and we'll kind of get into this this side topic because this kind of relates a little bit to mental health, and I, I like to bring this up with、um, creators to kind of. Uh, shed shed some more light on the subject and also give inspiration and encouragement to people who listen because I know that it's such a widespread thing these days.、Uh, if you're okay talking about it, I would be, I would be curious to hear. You know, how do you maintain like staying healthy mentally? I don't. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> I'm very unstable.、Um, it's hard,、uh, especially with、uh, personal life stuff that you have to handle and the. Stress starts piling up, even though your life doesn't really seem that stressful. Like you're sitting on a computer making music. What's stressful about that?、Uh, lots of things can kind of make you a bit iffy.、Um, but you just、uh, at the in the end, you just got to remember that you're doing stuff and you're loving to do、uh, to do it. And whether it's the pressure to make more money or or the, The industry can be kind of toxic at times, and and maybe you found found someone that really is kind of trying to screw you up or whatever.、Uh, like in the end, just do it for yourself and、uh, enjoy what you're doing mostly. And、uh, if you have those kinds of issues, I I. Started to figure out later in my career and in my personal life that it's so it, you should definitely talk about them and、uh, you know there's a lot of people that even though this industry is kind of toxic, loads of people are very supportive of you and everyone else. So、uh, if you if if you trust people enough, you know,、uh, just it's it's always okay to talk to people about that and、uh, you know. Try to make yourself happy and try to make yourself a lot of friends whilst you whilst you're at it. Awesome! <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing like your kind of insight on that. I think it's really important for the audience to and just people in general to hear it, you know, and talk about it, and kind of spread the word. No、more. problem. I'm、um, I'm interested. Very, yeah, I'm always very. Interested I'm interested.、Too. I know it's a little bit of a touchy topic, so yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah it's it's fine, and、uh, especially because I've been dealing with this、uh, kind of stuff for years, and it's very. Very hard to deal with that, but in the end,、uh, you just gotta fight through it. And sometimes it can bite you in the ass, but、uh, you'll get through it.、Uh, there, and and、uh, whether with help or by yourself, you'll you'll always end up pushing through it.、Uh, I I I I believe in people, you know. Nothing. Nothing's like a guaranteed lost game. You don't have to save and quit. Completely, man. Completely. Like you said, like you've dealt with it for years. I know so many people that I know, like they've dealt with it for years as well. And it's not until like just recently they were able to come out and talk about it openly, you know. And I think it's especially hard for、uh, creators because. Mental health has like a direct effect on the kind of art that you're creating,、mm-hmm. and then you know whenever that art is what your career is, it becomes like this this circle of like stress and difficulty. Yes, you know? so very true. I think it's so important to to have yourself surrounded by by positive influences, people that are building you up, as well as you know just like hearing、uh, positivity through like videos or whatever it may be. Which leads me to a question: Is there any like mantras or quotes that kind of inspire you? You know, to to not give up. Uh, there's this one quote from uh, there. There's this one co- quote from this、uh, ode. 
I don't remember what the name of it. I, in fact, I think it's actually called The Ode. <laughs> but uh, I resonate with this quote a lot. Uh, we are the music makers. We are the dreamers of dreams. And uh, I really cannot uh, uh, agree with that any more than I already do. Like, <laughs> you really... We, uh, no matter what you do, it could be applied to anything, to any art form, to any lifestyle. You really just, you do what you do and you dream what you dream. And in the end, uh, just, <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of hard developing on it, but it really always resonated on me and helped me with a lot of, uh, uh, mental blocks that I've had. <laughs> That's massive, man. Really cool. I think a lot of our audience will be familiar with that line as it was quoted in uh, Willy Wonka, the Willy Wonka film, which is what I know it from. That is also, yes. yeah. Uh, so I'm going to run through some of your numbers real quick, man. Uh, 1.2 on Instagram, 800 on Twitter, 1.2K on YouTube, 87,000 uh, listeners this month on Spotify, 6K on Facebook. Do you feel like you are successful? I um thank you for boosting my ego, friend. Uh <laughs> I um it's still surreal that I'm in this position. Um I never thought I'd reach it. In fact, I've tried doing many other things like uh I I this is my third well, technically fourth, but third alias that I had. I started at first seven years ago, having no clue on what to do, having no bases whatsoever. Then I started making cooler melodies. I became a duo with this producer friend of mine. But the thing is, I always did melodies. I didn't know how to mix. It was mostly like just him doing most of the structuring and stuff. And then I just went along with it. All of a sudden, he I, I noticed that he started not wanting to produce as much like he was very focused on gaming rather than music and uh, we never really broke 200 we were always like 150 followers on soundcloud and we didn't distribute we didn't do anything like to me that was a lost cause which is why i was so driven to really produce music when my uh passion before that was like gaming i really wanted to be a youtube gamer <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which is a totally I, uh, viable career. That's totally viable. It is totally viable, but I, I was a kid in at first and uh, second. I was I, I was not really cut to to do that, so um, I I wasn't charismatic enough, and um, so I I decided to like, hey, I'm gonna start anew. And I didn't really have any friends in the industry except for one or two, and they were like really small. Uh, they were just like underground producers that didn't do much. And um, so I started Sekai almost three years ago. It's going to be three years, the uh, 21st of November. And uh, I, I kind of started not knowing what I was getting myself into because my first release ever got noticed by this uh, dubstep gutter producer and all of a sudden i'm getting reposts and i'm getting promoted places and uh, and even though i was still small for the first time ever instead of taking me one year to reach a hundred followers it took me like a month or less and i just kept growing from there it was uh, insane to me and once i reached the thousand I, I was already like, hey, I feel famous, but I didn't even know the extent of where this could even stretch. Right now, looking at all these people, all these people producing all these amazing things and the places they are going, nine, almost 10K on SoundCloud and all those listeners on Spotify. And I still feel like I'm close to the bottom of the ladder like there's a lot of shit going on and uh it's yeah. really humbling that's incredible though i mean like i think it, it i think your story is kind of the embodiment of never give up because like as you went through each of those phases each of those different uh you know alter egos or what have you like you kept having that drive you kept coming back you kept recreating yourself uh it's just incredibly incredible man yeah exactly I always, I always wanted to create content, but music in the end, like I, I tried skits on YouTube that never went anywhere. Uh, I tried gaming and I made some v 
Minecraft videos and those like got me to like 200 subs, but it was like in one, two years actually. And uh, it was a whole squad and it was just very hectic. It wasn't getting anywhere. All of a sudden music, I, I picked it up and it started being my passion like be, because i i jumped off of different things because i never knew what to do like the, the the never give up only applies to what you're actually passionate about like for example i was a kid i got into judo uh one or two years later i left same with basketball i got into it i liked it but then i left uh same with gaming skit creation all those things i kind of just left them because I, even though I liked them, I was never really passionate about it. And when I got into music, it felt completely different. It felt like I could actually put some emotion into what I was doing. And, uh, and I was actually, uh, quote unquote, talented. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, that's what I decided to do. And that's what got me this far and that's my like my undying love man, is from music that's really really deep i think that's incredible man because i i love how you pointed out that it's not just about never giving up it's also about discovering yourself it's about staying true to yourself and understanding you know what you're really exactly. all about um to give the audience kind of a, a reference point could i ask you age real quick uh i am uh 21 right now 21 okay yeah just for the audience to hear because i think that it's easy for people to start thinking like oh i'm too old i can never find what i love or you know i'm too young and i've already given up all this other stuff i've had those crises many times <laughs> what was the inner drive like how did you maintain the motivation to to keep trying new things to keep looking for new uh, outlets i never th it, it, it was mostly i never thought i was enough I never thought I was doing anything of substance and value and everything else that I did was just killing me. And, and it, I wasn't in either. I wasn't enjoying it. Like, eh, I don't like this or, or it was mostly just like stressing or, you know, I wanted to do something that I knew like the getting into music, I knew this was probably not going to be a thing and it was probably going to be a hobby. And, uh, it probably wouldn't really work, but really it was my passion and I just kind of kept grinding at it and uh, it, even kind of sacrificing other things to, uh, e even though that's kind of, you know, uh, bad, you shouldn't really sacrifice your life for the sake of your passion only. You should live it a bit. And uh, uh, I'm very bad at following my own advice, but yeah, um, I still did it. And um, that kind of really paid off in a way. Uh, and, and on the other, it, it really stresses me out because, oh, what if this, like, what if something happens? And what if I uh, start not earning enough again? Like, what if, what if I stagnate? No, no. But in the end, I just give it my all. Like this, not only is it my job, but it is my passion. So I put everything into it. Uh, for better or for Man, worse. That's really, really cool. I love that. Uh, I love that passion, that motivation I can hear. Uh, let's jump back a little bit. You mentioned that whenever you started doing Sekai, uh, you were noticed by a dubstep gutter producer, and that kind of started off like your rise. Yes. After that happened, like, how did it all play out? How did Sekai start to become like, uh, like, I don't know, like a respected producer, I guess you could say? Or <laughs> So, first off, I'm... I Facebook was a really good help. A lot of people started ditching Facebook or, or using Discord more as a social media instead of Facebook. But I still I still say Facebook's very essential because you can network and make friends. And I don't I don't like to call people fans. I like to call them friends because essentially that's how I made most of my fans, most of my following. It was through friendship and networking. Um, there's a lot of people that I just saw posting these memes on Facebook. And I was like, ha, this is funny. I'm going to share these and I'm going to comment on these. And uh, eventually I started making more friends within the music industry. I, I, it all became, began with one single producer at the time he was called side project. Now he's called AV. And, uh, 
we became friends on Facebook. We never even talked. I thought, hey, he's a freaking legend or whatever. Uh, and we, I kind of started adding more and more people. People from Monster Cat that I didn't even know had like personal profiles. I thought they were gigantic. They only had pages. But no, these are just regular people with regular profiles. And uh, I started adding those. I started adding more people from the underground community. I started interacting with their posts, um, making friends through freaking memes. And um, all of a sudden, I just, whenever I posted about my music, some people actually were kind of interested. And especially after being discovered on a Facebook post by that dubstep gutter producer, he was like, hey, send me your music. Uh, I, I want to hear new stuff. I was like, okay, I'll send him this. It was my first release even. And uh, from everything, um, from everything, every link that people sent, that was the only one that he decided, hey, this is really good. I'm going to repost it. And I'm going to try to help this guy out. That was really humbling that i like i never thought someone like that would even help me and from then on i just started getting more friends knowing more people uh to the point where another one of my uh explosions let's say that was when i released a song called uh venting uh promoters like uh exodus now runs uh, the label exable with Hypervolt, which was another producer, people like Airwave, Dubstep Gutter, Heroic Promotions, like all these channels that aren't re if, uh, sometimes some aren't very relevant to a lot of people, but are still very helpful and big, and uh, they really kind of helped construct my career. And uh, I just kept growing and and doing more music, reinventing myself along the way, finding my sound. To the point where now I feel like I actually have something I feel that like I'm, I'm happy with. <laughs> because I recognize all the channels that you mentioned. And another one that I, we should talk about real quick is that I know that you have a close relationship with Alex from Hypable EDM, who happened to be on the podcast previously. So let's talk about that for just a minute. How did you guys meet? So um, I made a post uh, when I released that venting song. I the story behind that song, by the way, was that. Uh, my ex broke up with me and I was like, she was supposed to sing on that. So I got someone else to sing on it and he went off and, uh, I called it venting because essentially it was me venting about it. I asked people on a post say, uh, saying, Hey, uh, I got this tune who would like to promote it. Any promoters that, you know, um, this guy Exodus comments on it says, Hey, yeah, I'm gonna listen to it. Why not? Uh, and he promoted it and then he sent it to Alex from which, uh, like that from then on, I just started talking to both of them and, and even airwave and I really, they were really cool. Like I known Alex's channel for years before I even started Sekai. And to know that that Exodus dude, the Jonathan, had connections with Alex to me was like, oh my god, is this actually happening? And the more, uh, like, I thought he was an absolute god, that he was a promoter, that he was a... At, at first I even thought, hey, maybe he's one of those big people who are arrogant, I don't know. Um, and then something happened where we were taught uh, we i was on facebook browsing stuff as usual and he just sends me a freaking meme like a shirt with my face on it saying suck guy instead of sec guy and i just laughed my ass off and we just started talking from there like we were best friends for ages like he's the kindest soul and i am so glad to have met him and and especially because uh this weekend like actually in two days i'm flying over to meet him for the first time it's gonna be my first time in england it's gonna be my first time uh meeting him and uh and even jonathan and other really uh, like another cool producer called spitfire like i'm really happy and i'm really excited it's super it. cool man and it's really awesome that um 
you were able to to meet them and they were like down to earth you know very realistic people uh, i know that whenever we're the artists are starting out like it feels like those guys are like on a different level and so you know they kind of like become like idolized or it's like oh i can never meet them and then like when you actually do meet them like they're just ordinary people you know who are really good at what they do so that's a really awesome exactly. story <laughs> yeah and uh you i'm assuming that you have a little bit of experience in like submitting music to channels because that's basically what you were doing on facebook was kind of like networking and putting your music out there um and so that's something that's really important for producers and artists to do is submit their music to youtube channels or soundcloud pages or whatever it is what tips do you have on how to do that in a good way in a productive way okay so let me uh, say something in advance so you can take everything I say with a pinch of salt. I mostly get hit up by people. Most of the times when I get promoted, people actually come to me, take my song and promote it. I, I was barely produced from submissions that I sent out to people. Most people actually hit me up. In fact, first time I got onto Dubstep Gutter, he picked up my song and just promoted it without me even sending it to him. Um, so pe when people think that I have a lot of contacts and stuff, I do, but not as many as people think only some of them. Uh, <laughs> so what, uh, what I'm going to say right now, uh, just keep that in mind. Um, basically, I found out with experience from experience that politeness uh, is uh, a lot of it. People aren't really going to be inclined to um, respond to an email that has very little information on it. Like, hey, uh, I would like you to promote my track. Here is my track. Uh, cheers. Uh, you don't give them any social media, any name, the, the, the name, the feel of the track. You don't tell them any story. You don't tell them, like, for example, some people like to know the key and the, and the tempo of the track. Some people would like to have all your socials already at hand so they can check you out. Um, just being, uh, just be very informative about yourself. Be very polite and be very organized with your email. Don't go around left and right writing an unorganized email because people are going to have a hard time reading that. And uh, I know some promoters will just probably kind of skip it. Um, so yeah, respect and politeness and organization is a big part of uh, emailing promoters. And also just don't be afraid. Promoters are promoters. They check out your song and if they don't like it, they're just not going to bother promoting it some respond back some don't but like they're no gods they're just promoters they're people most of them are even run by one person that's just checking emails on a daily basis so um usually you shouldn't really have to worry about being afraid of submitting something just do it <laughs> great thoughts right if there i think that's really enough. important for people to listen and really understand and then really apply um, because yeah like you said like it's just normal people that are checking emails and so <laughs> kind of like treat them like a human being exactly. you know <laughs> um exactly yeah i'm curious about your collaborations uh do you do a lot of collaborations uh usually uh i'm very not i wouldn't say lazy i would say i'm not as inspired to work on those sometimes it depends there are some times where i get into a collaboration and uh, I work on it like, there you go, it's finished. <laughs> they sent me half a song, I finished the other half very quickly, like it was a, a single project of mine. But there are other times where people send me some assets and I'm like, I have no idea what to do with this. I should have uh, just asked for something else or not accepted at all, even if it is a bigger producer than me. Sometimes collabing can be very hard. Sometimes you can be driven by the fact that, oh, it's a bigger producer, but if the ideas don't really match with what you want to do, um, it's quite hard and it can demotivate you to work on set projects. But yeah, as far as collaborations go, I like doing those occasionally. There are, there are moments where I do them. There are moments where I just want to focus on my stuff. 
But yeah, it's a cool way to either promote other people if you're bigger or uh, getting promote you promoted yourself on a bigger scale if you collab with bigger people. So, like I had a few collabs with uh, people like Chime and uh, Sex Whales at the time. Now he's called Whale. Super cool. Yep. And it really helped mm, me. Right, right, right. So I would assume those would be like your favorite collaborations, or is there a certain collaboration that really stands out to you as like a personal favorite? Ooh, um, I had a few that I really enjoyed working on that are still in release. For example, there's this little producer called Dicebox, and he's very, very talented. Uh, he started doing a different style, like the slow kind of future bass slash dubstep, uh, dubstep kind of thing. And uh, he sent me some stems, and I finished it very quickly. It was so fun to work on. I just loved every single second of that collaboration. Um, I also loved collaborations with Chime. He's very into the emotion of songs, which I love, love, love about him, is that he's very invested on the story and the emotion and the, the meaning of the songs to the point where I made one song... And I sang about it. Like I made one song, I submitted it to a label run by Chime. And he said, hey, instead of releasing it as is, I'd rather have you have you make it better. And uh, let me give me stems and I'll make this a collab with you. That's literally how I met Chime. My first message to him was, hey, uh, this is a submission to your label. Uh, this person told me to hit you up. So uh, I hope you don't mind. And he told me, hey, just email it to me and I'll check it out. He checked it out. And instead of saying yes or no, he just said, hey, let's collab. Like that was our first interaction. And uh, it got to the point where I sang some lyrics meaningful to me um, about uh, love and stuff like that, because I'm very cheesy. And uh <laughs> It got to the point where he wanted to know a lot of the meaning behind the song so that he could even design the covers and do all that kind of stuff. It was really nice. That's why I also loved working with him because he's wow, very that's invested. Super on the awesome, meaning. man. I love how into the art he is. Um, and that kind of probably that explains like why he's successful at what he does and how he's branched into doing like the, the label stuff as well because he has such a grasp on like what he's doing Definitely. and how to do it. He's uh, very invested in what he does. Sometimes uh, label-wise, uh, I know that Rushdown um, is very slow with either replies or releasing songs. In fact, there's one song that I was supposed to release with them few days a few weeks ago and uh we never did because of lack of time he's always busy doing his tours and stuff but um he's he's still he's still very invested and that really uh, makes me happy no matter if he doesn't really have time to run the label properly he still makes time to do all these things and help with like he is going above and beyond right now to get me contacts with very major dubstep labels and i cannot uh like i cannot put into words how much i appreciate that's really that. cool man and yeah i assume like the reason he's so busy is because uh you know for the level he's at he's probably understaffed i would assume <laughs> so you know yeah 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 definitely the stuff that he has it's like it's literally him and his manager and maybe lone moon but that's it <laughs> exactly right and that's just the way it is for like the the music community when you're trying to like level up so it takes time to really get a base you know and get things running at a smooth level oh definitely what tips do you have for the audience on how to make a productive collab a productive collab oof as i said just kind of try to make something or try to have someone make, like, whoever's starting the collab, have them or yourself make something that you'd think would work with both people's ideas. Like, something that resonates both with you and them, so that it's not very one-sided. And uh, also... Um, fun to work on obviously right it's so important man so important because it's too easy for collaborations to be like uh 
one side doing all the work, the other side, you know, just adding like one or two things. So it's important to keep a balance there. Yeah, I had some collaborations like that where uh, some where I really worked a lot and some where I honestly just added one or two elements and we still called it a collab. <laughs> Even though it was more of a feature, and if the and if the producer is okay with that, you know, then it's fine. But exactly. on the other hand, it can definitely it can be a negative thing, you know, if someone feels like kind of cheated or overworked in it. So it yeah. is a, it's a careful balance. Exactly. All right, guys, back to the music. This is Sekai's song "Running," a personal favorite of mine. I'm curious, uh, Sakai, do you perform live? Not at the moment, no. I'm thinking of doing it at some point in my career, but right now I am very socially anxious and I don't really have much experience uh, mixing live, so I, I gotta get on to that. <laughs> I do have a mixing controller, like a small one, to practice, but so far, no, I haven't done any uh, live shows. Gotcha. If you do do live performances in the future, do you think you'll be doing stuff as a DJ or as like a performing artist? I probably a DJ because performing artist would like I'm very first off, I'm very uncoordinated. So performing stuff is not really my forte. Besides, uh, all I want to do is convey uh emotion through my music whether it's emotion or energy i think either or can achieve that very easily so even if you don't perform uh your music live i still think that uh djing and mixing stuff together and making things happen uh knowing the right cue and emotion that the crowd should feel at the right time uh is still very important it is man incredibly important i'm curious um have you gone to a lot of concerts before no <laughs> in fact as far as edm goes i've only ever seen one dj live and it was at a festival and he like it was he wasn't really that good he wasn't really mixing stuff he was mostly just like putting playing stuff live so as far as edm shows go i've never really been to one at all i'm not surprised though because i feel like the edm community is very internet based I, I could be wrong for saying that but uh yes you are not wrong but then there's the fact that you know first off i live in portugal i don't have a lot of opportunities to travel the only other country i've been to is spain so uh and, and that's like right next to it so i never really like there's not a lot of stuff that happens here and the ones that do don't really interest me and the stuff that interests me is in other countries like England and Canada and, and America. And I really don't have the possibilities to go there, uh, even though now I'm going to England, but uh, I'm, I'm going on very, very short expenses. <laughs> I guess your best bet would be to see a festival like in Germany or Spain does have a few EDM festivals from time to time. I talked to an artist that did a festival there, but yeah, festivals would be the best bet. And even then you'd have to travel. 
Uh, let's flip it to just the internet then, maybe performers you've seen online. What performers uh, inspire you in terms of live performance? Okay, so Chime, uh, because he is an absolute lad when it comes to mixing. First off, he really mixes very smoothly. He's very good at it. And uh, he 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 has, like, when he's on stage, you can see his he's having fun he's jumping around so energetically it's inspiring to see uh like this dude that looks like a kid <laughs> even though he's older than me looks like an absolute kid looks like i could be his dad or something uh just just like jump around and and have so much fun with his performances that really inspires me other people that have uh, ins- uh, that r- I really fascinates me uh, watching live. Dead Mouse and Rez, uh, their live performances look absolutely fantastic, and I'd kill to see them live. So yeah. that's a, that's a that's a good point to talk about for a minute. What are the top three acts that you would like to see perform live? So I gotta say, hmm. So acts, I'm gonna cheat a bit, even though we're talking about electronic music and uh, and uh, DJing and live performance of music. I'm go- I'm still gonna name Pendulum. Uh, like Pendulum live band would be like the absolute dream for me. Uh, they're also like a huge inspiration for me. Uh, I forgot to <laughs> reference that. Uh, Fox Stevenson because he's my favorite artist and also even though he kind of fucks up his mixes a lot um, I still would love to see him live because his mixes sound mental and maybe probably just a friend either Chime or Spitfire like he only did one mix live and uh, I wish I would have been there to support him uh yeah, those probably would be my top three. I, I like, even though I'd like to see a San Holo or a Dead Mouse, I'd probably would like better to go and see a friend play live. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Firstly, I want to say it's understood that everybody is inspired by Pendulum, so <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> and secondly, loads of yeah, people. dude, for real, they're very, very famous for what they've done and contributed to the the scene. Uh, secondly, I want to say, if you go to Fox Stevenson concert, I'm going with you, man. I would die to see him live. Oh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> he got to perform at Tomorrowland this year. Yeah, I've heard of that. I was so freaking happy to see someone who, when I discovered it, was mostly based on liquidity and then grew into this absolute legend that he is today like it's incredible it is incredible unfortunately i have not seen the live performance for that like online anywhere me neither so i'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed that someone posted at some point all right let's jump over because i know that you're uh you also do twitch streaming so tell us about your activities on twitch (laughs) i started it because of my current girlfriend she means the world to me um basically um I was having all these issues. I wanted to do more stuff, uh, more fan interaction, and I wanted to do this and that. I wanted to build a community. So, the, because I had a, a, a Discord, and 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 it's, I was going through a tough time, uh, a, a very depressive episode of mine where I didn't know what to do, what direction to take. I couldn't just keep making music and do nothing else, and uh, I couldn't read i wasn't ready for shows so i needed to come up with something i set up a patreon i set up a discord server i got a lot of people in it and my girlfriend bless her soul as she decided to suggest to me hey you should probably start streaming and that's what i started doing i didn't even expect that much but people started joining getting more invested especially in my uh, feedback sessions, I like uh, I do one half producing my own stuff and the other half uh, feedbacking other people's tracks, and that really caught on to the point where I started getting viewers. Uh, not a ton, but still, like it still makes me happy to have people there. Mostly, I started getting donations, subscribers that I never thought I'd get. Um, 
at one point, not only it became my main source of income somehow, but it also became a big part of my online, uh, like my social presence uh, in, 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 in the social media. Uh, Twitch is a really big part of it. And I couldn't be more thankful to the people that are watching me every day that I stream and to my girlfriend who suggests that and all that kind of stuff. It's really great. That's what really <laughs> strikes me about it, man, is how well it seems to be working out for you. And I mean, I basically every musician does social media like Instagram or, or Facebook, but then like you've launched things like Twitch and Patreon and Discord, which is definitely not as common. Do you think it's important for other artists to be doing these things as well? A lot of people started going, jumping on the Discord bandwagon like that. A lot of people has, have it. Um, about Patreon, not a lot of people do it. I set it up. I don't have a lot of backers, but I, it's still like the fact that I have few, like still make me very, it makes me very happy. As far as Twitch goes, I noticed that a lot of my friends also started wanting to do it because I they, they have seen me do it and they've uh, kind of got driven to do it as well. I was very inspired to do these by uh, Flight. I don't know if you know Flight, the DNB producer. Amazing DNB okay, producer. Okay, yes, familiar with him. Right, he is really good. And also Dylan Tallchief, also a really good friend of mine. Uh, he does streams on YouTube, but I decided Twitch would be better for me. And, uh, yeah, it, it was just amazing. <laughs> it is. It's a really cool project, man. It is for sure. And I think it's interesting. You mentioned that Discord has really been on the rise lately. I feel like, without a doubt, like, next two years, that's going to be a mainstay for, like, the social media scene for sure. Oh, definitely. Like, uh, Discord is pretty much TeamSpeak and Skype having a baby, and it's very used so uh, like... Loads of people ditch TeamSpeak and Skype just to come on Discord, and uh, and they started networking on it, creating all these servers, having all these places to be in, and uh, it definitely became this new form of social media where you have these groups where you can interact with a lot of people. It's great. You know what it basically is, though? It's basically like a forum from back in the 90s, only very updated. <laughs> yeah. And definitely like a forum slash chat room where you can pretty much do these kinds of forum things where you can post about your daily updates and then have a chat where everyone just kind of behaves as a community. It's, it's awesome to see. And it's been a it's been an absolute joy seeing it grow. Yeah, I love that, man. As you mentioned, community. I think community is so important. Uh, which uh, it's another thing you said that kind of interested me is that you talked about how like you've grown your community and like the people that interact with you. In the modern age, like influencers are such a big deal, and that spreads to every kind of craft. I think that in the music scene, particularly. Uh, you are an influencer if you're an artist because people respect your taste in music they respect the projects you do and you know you kind of become like a, an influencer for your audience as well yeah it's it's really shocking to think about this because um i started from nothing and i'm still very very humbled about uh, people's response to my music and to the status that i am a lot of people call me famous even though i look at myself and I'm like, I'm far from that, but people are somehow influenced by my work and my stuff. And I never, ever thought I'd get to a place where people would actually not only respect, but be influenced by my work. That really, that, that that's just really like i'm still speechless about that i can't <laughs> it's super cool man and because of the internet you know it's, it's easier than ever it's more possible than ever but it also became more stagnant so like uh, well not st uh, like very crowded um so a lot of people have a hard time even though it's easier there's a bigger platform there's a lot of people doing it so the, the like it it's overflown with all these people trying to do the same thing. So it's easier and harder at the same time. Yep, that's very true, man. That's very true. Yeah, you kind of have to do your thing and stand out, you know, and, and do something that sets you apart. 
but um, the market's definitely there. All right, Sakai, we've had an awesome conversation today. With all the guests, I always do one last segment. It's just like a spitfire thing. I ask a short question, you give a fast answer. It'll last for like maybe 30 seconds to a minute. You ready? Okay. Okay. What is your favorite food? Uh, lasagna. What is your favorite weekend activity? Uh, making music. I really don't have anything else to do. <laughs> maybe going out as well. What is your favorite color? Uh, green. Green, by far. What countries do you want to visit? England, Canada, because that's where my girlfriend lives, and uh, North America. And lastly, what languages do you speak? I speak English and uh, Portuguese, and I can get my way around Spanish a bit. All right, and that's all of them, man. Sekai, thank you so much for coming on today, man. That was incredible. Is there any last words you want to say to the audience? Um... I love you all. <laughs> Short and sweet. That's pretty much it. I just want to spread the love, my dude. That's right, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Audience, I am going to give you guys links to his stuff. I encourage you to check it out. He is just incredible what he's done and what he has yet to do. So please, by all means, support him. And I will see you next week. Thank you for listening and goodbye. So oh.